Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Eucerin. Hello, hi, and welcome to a beauty special with Eucerin and their medical manager, Dylan Griffiths. This is the first episode in a three-part beauty series with Eucerin discussing the skincare concerns of aging, hyperpigmentation, and in this first episode, dry skin. Eucerin has some really incredible insight into these skin concerns and has created products to tackle them specifically. And let's not forget, Eucerin was launched more than a century ago, has been leading innovation in the science of skincare, and is one of the world's most trusted dermocosmetic brands and recommended by dermatologists and pharmacists to keep skin healthy. Because of the research and testing that goes into their products, Dylan is a great resource for not only treating these skin concerns, but also understanding them. First up, we have dry skin and how urea can help. Urea is a substance produced naturally by the skin to regulate its moisture content, and Eucerin's urea repair products are formulated to strengthen the skin barrier and protect against moisture loss. In this episode, Dylan explains what dry skin really is, why and how it's different from dehydrated skin, how urea works within the skin, and what urea isn't. All the links to everything discussed can be found in the show notes, but without any further ado, please enjoy Eucerin's medical manager, Dylan Griffiths, on this beauty special of The Emma Gunn Show. What a treat to be talking to Dylan Griffiths, the medical manager um, and what a professional relations and skin expert for Eucerin. Hello. Quite the title, isn't it? <laughs> How are you? It was a mouthful that I didn't think I had room for. <laughs> post-lunch. Um, yes, I'm very well, thank you. And I am really genuinely excited to talk to you, actually, because we're going to be talking about dry skin in this episode. Yes. So the blood of Eucerin. The, the blood of you, the heartbeat of the brand. <laughs> but I think when we started talking about putting these episodes together, um, dry skin, I thought, yeah, 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 dry skin. And then actually, I realized there is actually something to talk about here, because it's not just as simple as, oh, my skin's a bit dry, it's a bit flaky in the winter. Like dry skin is is actually a little bit more complex, isn't it? Mm. I mean, um, we know that about 50 to 60% of men and up to 70% of women have some form of dry skin. Um, and it is it's one of the main reasons people go and see a healthcare professional. Um, and that is just dry skin. When we talk of dry skin alone, not its variants like eczema. Um, so there is, it's, it's a condition that we all have at some point. Um, 
and not many people really understand how to properly look after it and manage it. And also the thing about dry skin as well, because dry skin on the face, I've come to understand as being quite uh, a good thing to have because you tend to be poreless, right? Yep, some may say that. So yeah, officially it means that you have, well, you, you, you're producing less sebum, um, and that's what dry skin on your face tends to be. So yes, yeah, so you're less likely to have very oily skin, um, which is a whole separate issue. Mm-hmm. And whereas dry skin on the body is slightly different, isn't it? Because you've got uh, maybe the dry skin is different on different parts of the body, like maybe your knees or your elbows. So, yeah. So for someone listening to this, how are they going to identify whether they are somebody who has a dry skin issue, whether that's on the face or whether that's on the body? So there's a lot of misunderstanding. So a lot of people think that they've got dry skin when actually it's dehydration or they've got dehydrated skin. Um, And they're very different things. So dry skin is a skin type. It's determined by your genes. Um, And by that, we mean normal combination oily dry and then dehydration uh, dehydrated skin is an actual condition um, which can change considerably um, and it can be just something you suffer from one day to another depending on you know what you've eaten your environment your lifestyle Um, and we talk about dehydration it's all about a lack of water content in the skin whereas dry skin it's all about a lack of oils um, within the skin and there's a very different feeling about it as well. And it varies where on the body it is. Um, so generally, when we talk about dry skin, we're talking about a skin that's rough, it's tight, um, it can be itchy. And if it gets you know, higher up the scale, you're going to start having these flakes. Um, it looks like skin dandruff. Um, whereas with dehydrated skin, you're just talking generally about lackluster skin. So when we talk about dry skin now, um, let me say we also it varies. It can be different parts of the body. Some people get it all over their body. Some people just have it in zones, as you said, elbows and knees. Some people just have it on patches of the face. So it is a big umbrella term for a, um, a you know a skin type and a disease that affects different parts of the body. Well, you called it a disease then, would you call, I mean, if, before you get into eczema and psoriasis, would you call dry skin generally? So dry skin, it has a term, it's called psoriasis, and it can, um, you know, the more severe it gets, it is actually, it is a disease. It's something mm. that you need treatment for. Um, but you can also, there are, as I said, it's an umbrella term, there are various forms of it. So um, you can just manage it very easily and if it becomes more severe and you're not seeing any results from um, managing it, then I think it is more of a severe condition that then needs um, an assessment by a um, trained healthcare professional like a GP and a dermatologist. Okay. And if I have dry skin, or someone has dry skin on their face, will they have it on their body? If they have it on their body, will they have it on their face? Um, as you know from all your years in skincare, there's never an easy answer with skincare. Um, it does vary with everyone. So um, you can have it everywhere. You can just have it on your face or your body. Um, generally, the skin on your face and body is very different. So skin on your face has a lot more sebaceous glands, therefore can be oilier. Um, 
therefore, some people find that they don't get dry skin on their face because they're producing enough oil. If you're not producing enough oil, you tend to have dry skin. Um, whereas the skin on your body, it's a lot thicker. It sheds slower than your face. And therefore, you tend to, have, you tend to be more prone to have dry skin on your body than your face. Okay. And is dry skin something that you're more like, is it more likely to happen with certain skin tones or skin, I'm going to say skin types, but one of the skin types is dry skin. But so if you have darker skin tone, skin coloring, are you more likely to have drier skin on your body? There's different research out there. And um, typically as well, both research papers I've read both have different answers. Um, right. We know that darker skin, so you go into what we call skin type five and six, so going into black skin, generally their facial skin is oilier. It's a part of genetics, um, and body skin can be drier. Um, whereas then there's also dry skin, as obviously say, it's also related to genetics. It is a skin, um, it is a skin type. Mm. So um, that can affect it and also where you live so and your lifestyle. So we are seeing an increase in dry skin in developing cultures um, in the Western world because of changes in lifestyle and pollution that seems to aggravate the skin and can increase um, the effects of dry skin. Um, and dry skin also can become a seasonal um disorder and that can be again what we call kind of exogenous causes or environmental causes so um hum heat humidity um uv light um can can affect that as well as your kind of exogenous skincare so what you're applying to your skin and hot showers even mm. all of that can cause dry skin or make it worse and also uh, i remember years ago uh, someone telling me that I should be really careful about the amount of body wash I use. And I was like, well, I don't want to be smelly or filthy. And they were saying, well, actually, but you could be overstimulating your skin. You could cause it to actually tend to the drier side. Would you think do, like perfumed body lotions and perfumed shower gels and that sort of thing? Can they make the problem worse? Definitely. I think you're, if you have dry skin, you're more prone to sensitivity. So you are more prone to react to certain types of fragrances. Not all fragrances are bad, um, but there is a set list of ones that are known to cause more irritation. Um, and you are also more prone to sensitivity to certain ingredients. Um, but also when we talk about, um, talk about dry skin within that, fact, um, within that realm, Cleansing is, ten, is sometimes seen as one of the leading causes of facial dryness. Um, using the wrong type of cleanser for your skin type um, and also potentially using uh, cleansers of harsh ingredients that are going to strip away um, the protective oils um, within the skin and lead to dryness. I think if you look now at the current climate with hand washing, um, that's one of the main causes we're seeing with dry hands is using soaps that are, um, have a high alkaline content, which then strip away the natural barriers of the skin, allowing the moisture to escape and increases dryness. So if you have dry skin, you should really be, um, you shouldn't reduce your cleansing, but you should be looking at cleansers which are more suitable for those types, such as milk cleansers for your face or using body cleansers that do contain um, moisturizing factors and humectants. 
And also, I think that's interesting about what you use on this, your skin. But then also, one of the things I hear time and time again from people about how they're treating their dry skin, and this is one that comes up about dry lips a lot, is people saying, oh, you're just dehydrated, drink some water. Mm-hmm. But Dylan, would you mind explaining the link between consuming water and your skin and whether it can tackle dehydrated and or dry skin, please? So drinking an adequate amount of water a day is an essential part of a healthy process for your body. It helps with metabolism and it helps keep cells hydrated and healthy. But in my opinion, and this is the opinion also when I've spoken to um, a great number of dermatologists, which is part of my role, drinking water doesn't have effect on your skin. So when you drink water, it's obviously going to go into your stomach. It's then processed, um, processed through your kidneys, into your blood. It's not really reaching the top layer of your skin. So when we talk about dry skin, we're really talking about the top layer, the stratum corneum, the horny layer. And water, water from a glass of water will not reach this. If you want to hydrate and moisturize your skin, you need to apply it onto the skin, not through your stomach. I'm so glad that you clarified that because I do feel like that is something that I hear time and time again. And yet, like you, if I'm in the room in a room with a skin expert and I hear someone say it, I bristle because I can feel the can feel the change in the air, shall yeah. we say? Because <laughs> it is one of those. It is a beauty myth. And I know you talked about seasons, but um, I think as a as a woman who wears black tights in winter, I can attest to the skin dandruff of dry skin mm-hmm. when you take them off. <laughs> Does does dry skin or is a characteristic of dry skin that in the summer I might notice it less? Correct. Yeah. So there you know, there will be people who have year round um, dry skin, and those are people who are suffering more from very severe dry skin conditions, um, and may perhaps leading more into the eczema realm. But dry skin, in, in a general term, is seen as far more a far more seasonal condition. Um, and when we talk about skin, skin likes consistency. It likes to remain the same, and it likes everything to be the same. And we know that even when you change skincare routines, it will have a flutter. Um, so if we talk about moving from summer to winter, there is a change. There's a change in heat, humidity, and also actually what you're putting in your skin in the terms of clothing, which is going to become abrasive. And all of those changes causes what we call a disruption in your skin barrier. So therefore, it will affect the skin barrier, um, and that will cause a disruption in the maintenance of moisture and hydration within the skin. And the same then, as you see, when you go from winter to summer, you'll see a change where your skin starts to become oilier or greasier as it's um, becoming more relaxed with the heat and humidity. So with seasonal, um, when we talk about seasonal um, dry skin, you will see more people will suffer from dry skin within winter or when we move from warm to cold. Um, And again, that's all again with things like the environmental factors that we start to put heating on we start to put more clothes on hot showers um so we need to think about that in our maintenance routine so if someone has dry skin if they're listening to this and they're thinking oh i probably don't moisturize as regularly as i should is is the answer just moisturizing a lot more moisturizing is key um it is the number one way of managing dry skin for sure um 
there's I think there's must be a, a comfortable level of how much you're applying. So I would say minimum twice a day. Um, obviously, once you've come out of the shower, lock that moisture in and ideally, you know, in the evening. Um, there's no harm in moisturizing more. NHS guidelines say apply as often as required. But if you're if you see that you're applying a moisturizer every hour and you're not seeing a benefit, then you need to think that perhaps the product you're using is not either right for your skin, your skin type, or you're not using one that's got the correct ingredients to provide um, the maintenance and management of the condition. And speaking of ingredients, um, I want to come on to NMFs, but one thing I was going to say is that I have in the past, and I'm sure many people listening may have also done something similar, which is I've gone into a shop, uh, this is pre-beauty journalism days, but I've gone into a shop and I've gone for the heaviest, thickest, moisturizing body product usually that comes in some sort of like solid or balmy form and then wondered why three days later having been really diligent with my moisturizing for three straight days why I've suddenly got milia on my my shins (laughs) and that's because basically you're just massively overloading because it's too so there is a way actually and this is where the ingredients come in of actually giving your skin a ton of moisture and really treating that dryness but not overloading it Correct. So key to put the right ingredients in um, to really get the benefit out of it. And also, as you say, kind of using a really thick balm ointment sometimes, that is what we call an occlusive um, ointment. And occlusive obviously means it creates a barrier to lock in the moisture. But if you've got dry skin, you haven't got enough moisture to lock in. So you're just applying mm-hmm. this balm and it's it'll, you know, it'll provide a bit of a slight benefit to top layer of skin, but very soon, as soon as you um, it's rubbed off, you're back to square one. So you need something that actually helps lock in the moisture, but puts the moisture and the lipid barrier back in. Oh, okay, okay. Now, you you know exactly what the ingredient is that we need, isn't? Don't you? So go on. So um, the gold standard seen by dermatologists for dry skin treatment is an ingredient called urea. So, urea, urea, there's um, potato, potato, um, but it is um, one of the natural moisturizing factors within the body. Um, It's been around for hundreds of years, really, um, in treatments, but it's been used in dry skin treatment for over 100 years um, by by userin. And how do I know, how do, well, okay, what is it? And let's just be really honest about this. The last time I think I can remember a conversation about urea pre-beauty journalism days was in a biology class when it came up in a, something to do with urine. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> common question. Um, I always joke about a funny time I was on a train and I heard somebody behind me say, my GP has just prescribed me urine in a pot. And I remember my other half holding me down going, it's a weekend. Don't do it. Don't start talking about skin. But it's such a common misconception um, that I feel like, you know, I, I love actually talking about it because I okay. like to explain. Um, but so urea um, Firstly, it's a naturally occurring substance, so it's found in the found in the top layer of the skin, and it's part of a natural moisturising factor um, group. Um, within does, that, would you mind just clarifying what does natural moisturising factor sort of generally mean? Okay, so I guess if I the easiest way I do it is I think you know this um, 
analogy, the bricks and mortar analogy. It's generally used a lot when we talk about um, dry skin. So if um, I explain to the listeners, so you have the top layer of your skin or the outermost layer, we call it the stratum corneum. Um, Also, as I say, it's known as the horny layer. And within that, there's something called corneocytes, which are the bricks, which hold the moisture in. and the natural moisturizing factors are these water-soluble compounds that sit within these bricks. Um, and the, basically, it's about 20 to 30% of the weight of a corneocyte. And they're, um, as I said, they, they're designed to absorb moisture. So from within the skin, um, and also if you have an ingredient that is a natural moisturizing factor, it can absorb moisture from the environment as well. And they're designed to basically hold moisture so they're like water balloons within the skin so that is a natural moisturizing factor you have 17 different variants of them in your skin so everybody knows glycerin as an ingredient that's one Um, amino acids sodium glycerol urea they're all natural natural moisturizing factors and that plays into what you said earlier about using a too heavy a moisturizer to lock in moisture if it doesn't have those NMFs, those uh, natural moisturizing factors, it's not locking in anything, but actually with urea, it's putting that in and then locking it in. Correct. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Uh, I understand the diagram. <laughs> but, as we said, most people then think of urea as urine because of the name. Um, so urea is, it, um, its technical term is a carbamide. And when we talk about carbamides or urea, so it's, as I said, it's a substance that occurs naturally in the body. Um, and it's a waste byproduct that's produced by the body after using proteins. Um, anything that your body produces as a waste um, or you has excess of, um, it has to excrete out the body. And there's generally two ways of doing that. One of them is urine. Um, so within that also is water. So there's a lot of ingredients within urine. Um, So urea does sit within that. But urea, as I said, also is produced naturally by the skin. Um, The reason reason we use it in a product is because it's all down to moisture. Urea, urine, both come from the Latin word um, urina, which basically means water or moisture. So urea. Is it just a water produced by the body? Yeah. So okay. it's it's a form it's a water holding molecule for the body, yeah. So so when we talk about urea in skincare, um, please be rest assured that we do not farm urine. Um, we don't have somewhere um, out in the countryside um, where it's almost like a milking farm. It is actually <laughs> synthetic. Honestly, that is one comment we've had. Um, I would love to take somebody to a farm with that. Could you imagine a skincare farm? But no, um, it is synthetic. We create a synthetic version of what we call a skin identical molecule. So we've been able to look at urea within the skin and form a synthetic version. Um, people think some of synthetic's bad, but it actually is ensuring it's a safe molecule to use within skincare. Um, so there's no, we're not basically putting urine into a cream. Okay, I'm really glad that you clarified that. Thank you, Dylan. <laughs> um, Hopefully no one was eating lunch during that moment. <laughs> I'll put a warning at the top of the show. <laughs> um, sometimes what happens with dry skin, and I guess it's 
happened a lot recently as well with it we're coming onto the two things of if you've got dry skin you should be exfoliating lots you should be exfoliating off that dead layer of skin to mm-hmm. get rid of the dullness so if someone is listening to this they do have dry skin and they want to treat it we've told them about nms and they're thinking okay but won't i just be plastering dead dull skin cells onto my skin do i need to be exfoliating a lot as well yes yeah, so one of the characteristics of dry skin and obviously again when we talk about the scale the more you go from dry the very technical terms of dry very dry to very thick dry skin um, the more you get to very dry and thick you get an increase in um, dead skin cells and um, flakiness and you do need to exfoliate those to remove the dead skin cells and help refresh and renew the skin so exfoliation is key within dry skin treatment and there are various forms of doing it i know a lot of people talk about dry skin brushing or using body scrubs see there there's more you're more prone to having perhaps increasing your sensitivity or reacting to those so there are um dermat- more dermatologically approved ways of exfoliating um, urea is one of them um, similar to alpha hydroxy acids Okay, and this is the other thing I was going to come on to in terms of exfoliating, because I feel as though a few years ago, people started talking about the holy grail of treating dry skin, which was these body lotions that contained these resurfacing alpha hydroxy acids. (laughs) And I said to you before we started, but urea is not an acid, though, is it? No. But does it nibble away the dry skin? It does. Yes. So um, urea is what we call keratolytic over a certain percentage so you need to have a real um, keratolytic effect it needs to be 10 percent concentration and higher what does keratolytic mean keratolytic means basically it's removing dead skin cells posh way of putting it so it's just breaking the bonds and uh, dissolve dissolving the, the connections and then for exfoliating the skin so even when we talk about um certain you know, alpha hydroxy acid so if we, say if we talk about lactic acid or in um, beta hydroxy we talk about salicylic they're both keratolytic as well in they may be acids but they have the same effect um, so therefore with something like urea especially when you're talking concentrations of 10 percent and higher you're having the benefit of this humectant ability to um, help hydrate and pull in moisture into the skin and lock it but also you're having a keratolytic effect by having um, supporting exfoliation and softening and shedding of the dead skin cells. Okay, I'm really pleased I understand that now because I was thinking, right, am I going to have to start incorporating only uh, urea and ditch everything else? But what you're saying is they do the two things. There's the hydrate and then there's also the sloughing, which is great. So... Now, what you've done, and as you said, Eucerin has over 100 years of doing this, is you've got this mm. entire urea-based range, and it covers a ton of bases, doesn't it? Yeah, so we literally say we go from scalp to toenail um, within our dry skin range of urea. Um, and it is a large assortment, but we, we feel it's important to have an assortment that and that big because... Every, your skin is different in different parts of your body and you really need to be able to manage and care for it in different ways. Um, and I think it's, it's a really, it's a benefit of our urea range. So as I said, it's, Eucerin's been around for over 100 years 
And in the 90s, we were the first company to be able to put a natural moisturizing factor like urea within a dermacosmetic product. Um, so we do feel that we're, we're innovating and we're leading the way still when we talk about dry skin. Um, so we have various ranges from going from, as we say, from scalp treatments to feet to hands to body washes. So we have urea cleansing agents that could be used as shower gels. Um, face-specific urea for the face, so it's a lighter formulation, um, non-comedogenic, doesn't block the pores, absorbs quickly. Um, and then we then have various body formats. So we talk either about oil and water, um, which is generally seen as richer formulations um, within creams. They can then be applied, um, you know, slowly absorbed into the body, into the skin. And then we have, I guess our hero product is always going to be the Eucerin Urea Repair Plus 10% Urea. It's a catchy title. Um, but it's it's the only lotion on the market. So it's the only kind of water and oil formulation on the market that contains 10% Urea. So, with that, when we talk about that, it has 10% concentration of urea, so it's keratolytic, so it sloughs the dead skin cells, but it also provides moisture into the skin. And because the first thing I'm thinking when I think about using anything new, especially this is solution a solution-based product, I'm thinking, right, how diligent do I have to be and how long before I start seeing those results? Mm -hmm. So with skincare, you know, we always say you need to stick with it, no matter, even if we're talking about, you know, anti-age products or anything, you need to stick with it to see results. Now, there is the benefit of using something like the 10% urea lotion is you will get um, an immediate benefit to your symptoms, immediate relief of your symptoms. And we can prove that you'll have a 48-hour delay of the return of the symptoms. So one, if you've got dry skin, you apply this lotion, your skin won't be as dry for another 48 hours. That doesn't mean you should only apply it once. You should yeah. still be constantly applying it to, to really manage, and that's the important thing, to manage your dry skin, you need to constantly be applying emollients such as 10% lotion. So immediate benefit to your symptoms, but to keep maintaining the condition apply regularly and the uh, range also it's been created very the formula is very specific and it also includes ceramides and lipids how yes. does everything work in conjunction with each other so there is a, a lot of products on the market that have a form of natural moisturizing factor in it such as um, glycerin or just urea on its own and as we talked about, you are having something that's occlusive or semi-occlusive helps lock in that ingredient in there. But by just having one moisturizing factor on its own and locking it in, it's really not really giving you the power that you need. Um, so we looked at our formulation. We've um, we redeveloped it and obviously tested it back on, um, on over a thousand people with dry skin. And what we saw is we updated the formulation to include then 17 natural moisturizing factors, including urea. So we're basically providing every moisturizing factor possible because they all work in a slightly different way and they will all help hold the moisture in. And then as we talked before, we talked about the bricks and mortar, that your bricks, the corneocytes, which are lack, were lacking the natural moisturizing factors, they need to be held in place. 
um, and they need to be secured to lock in the moisture. Um, and to do that, you need lipids or what we call ceramides. So by having a natural moisturizing factor, it will draw in moisture and help plump up the cells, but you need a ceramide to repair the skin barrier and prevent what we call transepidermal water loss. So it's one of the main symptoms of dry skin. You're, um, you have a broken skin barrier, so water and natural moisturizing factors can evaporate, leading to dry skin. So a product that has urea and ceramides will help lock in the moisture and repair the skin barrier. But then we've gone one step further and we've included another ingredient called glucoglycerol. So it's a mix of glucose and glycerin. It's, um, it's basically glycerin on steroids. So it's super strength, superman of glycerin. And glucoglycerol goes deep within the skin layer and it activates something called the aquaporins. So I talk about um, aquaporins as the rush hour of water transport in the skin. So the more aquaporins you have, the more number 52 buses are traveling through your skin and bring in water from the bottom layer to the top. So when your skin's dry, you have less active active aquaporins, so the water can't transport around effectively. By using something like glucoglycerol, we can see over a 200% act, um, increase activation of aquaporins. So now, when we talk about the urea 10% lotion, you've got natural moisturizing factors, which bring the moisture in. You've got ceramides, which repair your skin barrier. And then you've got glucoglycerol, which activates the aquaporins and provides um, water transportation throughout the cells. So everything's just working super efficiently. It, it's a very happy family, um, which is lovely to see because it's effective on your skin. But um, you know, there's a lot of research that goes in to ensure that these products work. And then by having it in a lotion, it's a lighter formulation. Therefore, mm -hmm. it, um, it absorbs quickly um, without being needing to rub the skin and cause any irritation. Because that's one of the things as well is that you try to treat dry skin you can overdo it like I've done in the past, but also you can use something that means that you're sort of walking around waiting to put clothes yeah. on and you really are looking for those formulas that are quickly, quickly absorbed and don't um, make you feel like you're greasing yourself into your jeans when you put them on. There is sometimes that horrible feeling, is there, when you have to put your jeans on and yeah, you know it's then it's actually going to be counter-effective. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Now, in the range, you've got 10% and 5%. Mm -hmm. So... Because let's face it, I want results. I'm sure everyone listening to this is like, I just want results. Are we just all supposed to use the 10%? It varies on how severe how severe your dry skin is. So I generally, for thinner skin such as the face, then 5% is more than suitable. 10% um, and higher, generally, it's designed for thicker skin, so which would say feet or body skin and um, it's also designed for more severe conditions so it varies um, on the type of skin you're applying it to hands and face i'd say five percent is more than enough and then when you're looking at more severe skin conditions or um, body skin then go go ten percent and ensure that you're also separating separate products for your face and body and i think as well oh, that's a really good point actually not using body products on the face and vice versa. It's it's um, it is a personal hatred of mine when I see 
any type of skincare product when I see people trying to apply, unless it act- actively states it on the packaging that it's suitable for it. Otherwise, oh. <laughs> so you can see me on the camera and I've gone, I've gone red. I'm like. Your face took on a completely different demeanor. So hang on, <laughs> we are going to have to unpick that. Why, why does it make your, why does it grind your gears to see somebody using a body product on the face or, or a face body on, face product on the body? face on the body definitely because it's it's just not going to be as effective it's not it's both ways they're not formulated for that type of skin so you can actually especially when i see people use perhaps body products which are not non-comedogenic they're not designed to be non-pore blocking so then they apply it to their face it will cause a breakout um and then they then then it's classed that the product's not effective or the product's um not working for them when actually it's just not been applied the way it should do um a lot of research goes into the best formulations the best applications as well as the ingredients certain ingredients are better for the face than they are the body um it's not a marketing ploy Mm. we do this we do this for your skin and to get the best results for you um therefore it's always wise to have separate face and body products now, to finish, I'm going to ask you this. Now, there, as you said, there is a whole scale of different types of dry skin. And obviously, we, when we get up to the top end of that, we're getting into some quite serious conditions. But if, I guess my dry skin issue is that my skin is a bit dull and yeah. I have dry patches. And one thing I've always wanted, Dylan, is supermodel legs. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like those legs that if you put denim shorts on, the skin just looks healthy. Yeah, a bit glossy and I've never really had that because my skin has always been a little bit dull on my body can urea can these products help even with that which obviously is at the lower end of the scale yes um, is the basic answer well they might not help you get the model legs that you specifically want but they will (laughs) help with the radiance and because because you are um, you're shedding the dead skin cells you're exfoliating and providing moisture and obviously repairing the skin barrier you have healthy skin that will glow um so it is you know as we said seasonal condition but i am one of these people that will ensure my skin is moisturized if i'm getting the legs out yeah and i love the fact that you very diplomatically didn't say you're five foot four i'm gonna get over it (laughs) there are some amazing models who are five foot four I'm sure. Absolutely. But, you know, um, aspirations of Giselle's legs are not where I should be aiming. Um, <laughs> but, but it is really nice to know because I think actually, regardless of anything else, to know that you can use something like urea, that it's something that the body recognizes and the body produces itself. You've also got ceramides and lipids to basically know that you can apply something topically and just get your skin in really healthy, good condition. Yeah. That I think is quite a nice thing to know that you can just have in your bathroom and use daily and in the way that we do with our topical skincare that I know a lot of listeners will have tinkered with a lot but to know that you've got a similar thing that you can use on your body and feel get into a routine with and get very comfortable with using is really I I think that's quite comforting and I like the fact that I know that these work and yeah knowing knowing it works knowing um new you know new ingredients be found all the all the time but there's some amazing ones in development and are just coming out on the market but it's been used for so long urea and you know it, within use and even since the 90s 
Um, that means it's been tested, I think, in over 50,000 patients. Um, it's recommended by dermatologists worldwide, um, by pharmacists. It works, and we know it works, and that's why it's classed as a gold standard um, within dry skin treatment. And it's, yeah, for me, I think it's a staple for anybody who even suffers just um, seasonal dry yeah. skin. It's it's a it's a nice product to provide immediate relief to your symptoms and long-term relief as well. And I think that's nice. And I think sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in the razzle dazzle of new products mm. and new formulations. And actually, to, as you say this is prescribed, like this has been known for many, many years to yeah. actually do this. You've seen it in the lab, you've seen it in trials, you've seen it on people. Yeah. So yeah how exciting. Urea all the way. It's great. And it's, it's, it's one I talk about a lot with people. Sometimes it's more of a challenge if I'm trying to go and see a dermatologist and talk about a different range or a different ingredient. And they're like, let's go back to urea. I'm like, come on. Um, but it's, it's something that I think we're really proud of in Eucerin. It's a fantastic product. And you do have an extensive range just to talk about this is not like a couple of products you've got quite a lot in the urea range yeah so um globally there's a global assortment and obviously then we have a separate U within the uk but there's over 10 products within there um and yeah but we in different formulations like we say within um shampoos within shower gels um and then within creams and lotions so it is it's a big range so there's various options for your skin types and the and the severity of your dry skin well thank you so much i feel uh hopefully listeners you'll feel that if you struggle with dry skin whether it's seasonally or all year round you'll feel that maybe you've got something new you can try and i do think sometimes you can walk past something that's been on the shelves for a long time and be as we say razzle dazzled by the newness mm. maybe it's time to just take it back to I want to say take it back to basics. Is that fair? I think that's fair. It's, yeah. Good. <laughs> take it back to the basic advanced dry skin, urea, active ingredients. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Obviously, obviously, listeners, if you have any questions for me or for Dylan, because I can always pass them on to him, please do email me on the beauty podcast at gmail.com or slide into our DMs. Dylan, you're going to share with me all of your info so I can tag you in the show notes, aren't you? Yes will do fabulous um thank you so much for listening like i say if you want to get in touch please do and dylan thank you so much for your time no thank you really enjoyed it